0: At one point, I didn't know if they were actually um, simulating or if they were doing what Nymphomaniac Volume 1 does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think they were whole hogging it. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: Alright Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hi, ho! Yeah, and from Music <laughs> Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello from a bunker. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and we are doing our first uh remote podcast in a long time because of. You know the bullshit going on <laughs> yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. The COVID COVID nineteen. We yep. did we did podcasts on this um on this service called Zencaster uh, a long time ago and it was it was very good for our needs. Um and we're gonna do it again for as long as we as long as this has to happen, right? I yes. mean like uh, scary stuff. Hearing of of like you know, hey, let's open up everything after two weeks.
2: Yeah. I'm like yeah. not
1: happy about that at all. And, I'm uh, not. And you look at
2: China. Not that this is a COVID podcast, although I think every podcast is probably a COVID podcast at this point. Uh, but China's reopening Wuhan, like the the place where it all started, because they they have not locked down enough there. And you know, I will I will shelter in place as long as I have to and as long as I'm able.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we and we have the luxury of doing that. Uh yeah. and actually certainly with the YouTube stuff, but also I do want to shout out this company Zencaster we've worked with since they were getting started and they've actually put their plan of multi um multiple hosts which usually costs I think 20 dollars a month or so is free for this time. Oh, wow. Uh that's the kind of good-hearted people that that work for this place. So we really appreciate it. Uh, We're going to sound a little bit different, but hope you guys don't mind.
1: Yep. Um, Today we're going to be getting back into our March Madness for the best of the decade, Um, and we're going to go back into the North Region after so long. It's been like six, seven weeks since we've actually been in the North Region. It's Um, been long
0: enough that they've had time to cancel the actual... Uh, March Madness yes.
3: tournament.
1: <laughs> That's, yes. that is very true. Like at first, they were going to just do it with no people. And I was like, what does that do? Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, we'll let the press be in there. But, uh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> okay. Still, I don't get it. I, if we're starting to stop the spread, I don't get it. Uh, but yes, we're going to go back to the North region. Uh, movies that this is officially movies we've actually discussed now, and they're going to be going up against each other. Mm. Um, Let's start off with two movies I've seen in the past 24 hours. Wow. Oh, jeez. Phantom Thread and Hell or High Water. Uh, Phantom Thread is the seven seed. Hell or High Water is the two seed. And uh, I definitely needed to watch these movies again. It had been a while since I had seen Hell or High Water. It definitely, since the movie came out, Phantom Thread, even though I had seen it twice, uh, I needed to see it one more time. Uh, To really give this one a a fair shake. Um, Hell or High Water and Phantom Thread are both as good as I remember. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and I actually might have even made it harder.
2: Well, um, I love... Phantom Thread is an an interesting movie for me because um, I don't really like it very much. But I've watched (laughs) it like five times. Mm -hmm. uh, Because... It's so c- clearly art to me, right. and there are so many things about it to admire, and um, even the, the last time I saw you guys, when we uh, had brunch together, I was putting the little sausages onto my plate. And I said, "And some sausages," Just uh, <laughs> because I love that scene when she's waiting on him and he's ordering like everything on the goddamn menu. Yeah, and she's writing it all down, and then he goes, "And some sausages," and she has this flirty little "and some sausages," like you can tell she likes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a pure moment. Uh, there's so much to like about this movie, uh, and you know, I'm mostly joking when I say I don't like it. I don't like him. Yeah, um, and, as a
1: character, you know, obviously.
2: Yeah, and and I don't really like the the resolution, uh, but it's a it's a masterwork. I don't think I can deny that.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to to get around, right? Like uh, I I agree with you, um, but I keep thinking of just new reasons why Alma does all the things that she does in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this recent time, like at first, I was like, okay, this is just her way of like getting like getting in touch with him this is the only way the relationship works is if he if she poisons him which is hmm. fucked up and, <laughs> and um and and uh, this re- this most recent watching of it i was like it could also have uh it, she could also be in a weird way caring for him because he he thinks about these dresses way too much obsessively thinks about his day Trying to get this day perfect, uh, the like everything, like everything is just about let's do this dress. Everything is about the dress. Let's make this month's dress. Once that month's dress is done, it's time for the next dress. And the only way that he stops that is if she poisons him, and he doesn't think about it, and he realizes that the dress can still get done without mm. him.
0: Mm. That's an interesting. What was uh, the sequence of events? Is she's trying to hurt him right and then it becomes the fact that that uh, she enjoys caring for him yes and, and that right but but initially she's trying to injure him correct yeah i think the so first time.
1: yeah i think yeah. so she 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 reads about the just enough like as she reads on the, that little pamphlet about the mushroom she's picking i, I think it just shows you like how much you can give someone without without them dying Right. And, um, and yeah, like he, he's, he's turned into exactly what we saw early in the movie with the, the, the last girlfriend. And we know that there yeah. are, we know that there are plenty of other girlfriends before that because she says, cause he says something like, I th- thought we, t- I thought we talked about this and she goes, well, we didn't, but you may have said, you may have been confusing me for somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I, I think he's become that point, but She's the one that has sort of figured out, like, like, look, we have something here, and I'm going to do something extremely fucked up and unlawful to keep us together somehow, some way.
2: You (laughs) see that ahead of time, right? When she, that scene where she gets all mad at the lady who's fall over drunk wearing the dress. And so she grabs him and storms to the hotel room or whatever, and demands the dress back. And that's oh. sort of, that's a moment where you you can tell this has never happened. None of his previous girlfriends have ever done this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that scene so much. Yeah, that, everything leading up to it because at first it starts at breakfast, and his sis and his sister uh, Cyril is like, uh, "This woman may ask you to go to the wedding or whatever," and he goes. He's like, do I have to hear about this now? Couldn't I have heard about that later? And uh, and uh, and he, she goes, this woman's uh, this woman is keeping is paying for this house essentially, so yeah. you should do whatever she wants you to do. And she comes in and she's very like, uh, she's very like, um, I don't know, um, she's concerned about the way she looks. She doesn't want to yeah. pull off her earrings. She doesn't want to do anything that makes her look uglier quote unquote she doesn't think any dress is going to make her look good um and but she's very like demanding of of him and uh and then then yeah they see they go to this reception and she's like falling over drunk in this dress which is an extreme insult you know and and they and, and they take her family takes her home and uh, and and she's sleeping in that dress <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> and uh, and when it when it finally gets up to uh, Alma going in there and and taking that dress off and everything she goes goes whatever Mrs. Rose does in her personal in her personal life is is her own, is her own business but she will never act this way in a dress made from House of Woodcock <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> oh my god she's terrifying she's she's got such a backbone you can see it from the- the very beginning because she is timid a, a little bit when she's uh, being observed obviously when she's being measured and everything but but once she shows her backbone she can take care of herself mm-hmm. and she's going to stand up for herself even when she goes to that fucking uh, new year's party on, on her own like she's just willful and and for a reason you know she she does have a backbone she's not going to take his bullshit yep yeah.
1: I love that scene, too. The first date that they have, Um, he's he's showing her around the town, all that typical date stuff. They have a conversation. And then even when he's like, would you do something for me? It seems like, oh, just part of the date, you know, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) he wants to fit her for this dress. And it's like this. It gets like extremely too personal right off the bat. And then it becomes too mechanical. And then the sister walks in. And that's yeah. even, and that makes, she now realizes this is the dates no longer happening. The date is, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, she's, she's writing down measurements and all that. And, and there's a point where he just very simply says, you have no breasts and, uh, <laughs> doesn't say that as a, as an insult. But just says it matter of fact, and it's it's like almost it's almost worse because he says it so yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I love this movie. Um. Uh. I I loved it the first a couple of times I watched it, but it's been a while since I'd seen it. So it's
0: amazing to me that uh, besides Daniel Day Lewis, uh, there's really no huge famous people in this movie. You no, know what I mean, no, there's not. Uh, uh, you know it's paul thomas anderson obviously and it's uh johnny greenwood doing the the um the score but besides maybe leslie manville like there's not somebody that you could really point to and say like oh yeah that person's in that movie
1: right um it goes up against hell or high water and uh i was glad i watched this again too because this movie's mm. fucking awesome yeah, um um and uh I, I'm trying to think if I pulled anything else out of this that I didn't before, but um, I just love this. I love the story and I love the performances. I think Ben Foster seems better to me in this uh, in this role than he did the first time I watched it. There's something about and and he didn't. I don't think he got he didn't get nominated for this, but it's one of those performances that you feels like you really he really should have when you're. Yeah. Going oh, yeah. through it just feels like he should have been nominated.
2: Yeah, and Chris Pine, God, everybody—it's really the, those two and Jeff Bridges that really anchor this movie. Uh, but Chris Pine, I, I, I can't stop loving him. Mm-hmm. Like I can't—he's awesome in everything I see him in, mm-hmm. uh, and he just elevates. He's just got such a a casual charm that doesn't feel forced. Um, and the way they play off of each other, they don't look anything like brothers, but you buy that they're brothers completely yeah. because of how they act against each other. And I love how Ben Foster is all like, he's criticizing, even though he's been in fucking jail, he's like, he, well, you know, we could have fed them skinny cows. And, you know, what he's like criticizing everything that's gone wrong while he's been gone, but there's still love in his voice. He's still, he's sad. His mom is, you know, dead. And he, wasn't able to help. God, this movie wrecks me every single time.
1: Yeah. Is this movie long? No, I don't think so. It's an hour and 45 minutes, I think with credits. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it goes along
0: real quickly and Mm, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's paced really, really well. Uh, the director, uh, Tyler Hackford, or is it, uh,
1: it's, uh, it's Grant McKenzie,
0: Grant McKenzie. He is, he the one that also did, um,
1: wind river no that was taylor no, that sheridan was, who wrote the, taylor sheridan okay I got, you. I, got um, you. I got you
0: um
1: yeah uh and i get it confused a lot too because taylor sheridan is like the more famous person in that grouping right. um yeah. it's david mckenzie i said grant mckenzie but it's david mckenzie um gotcha. but uh yeah david mckenzie has done a couple of movies uh that i've heard of uh but i don't think i've seen them um uh, he did Outlaw King, which Kate was a Netflix movie that Chris Pine was in, oh, yeah. um, and uh, and he did a movie called uh, I think I I think I had heard of this Young Adam movie. Uh, it's got Ewan McGregor and Tilda Swinton, but um, he hasn't done very many other things that you've probably heard of. Uh, but Taylor Sheridan for sure has uh, has done a lot of stuff that you've heard of, at least written or directed. So
3: yeah, um, didn't he
1: write Sicario? He did. He did. Yeah. He did um so yeah um but yeah hell or high water is 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 a is great um jeff bridges was better for me the second time around on this too uh i I, there's a scene it's not yeah you you ever watch a movie sometimes and you see a scene that there's not much going on but an actor's performance seems way better for some reason the just the little things i always Mm. think about and uh, this is getting off track a little bit, but uh, I, I think of Sean Penn in the movie Milk when he's going mm. through the mm. hallway and he's talking to all of his staff and everything, and he does all these little he he he's like making he's he's saying hi to everybody in this hallway, and he makes makes he does all these little motions and stuff like that that are that are easily just forgotten because they're so natural and everything they don't seem like a, a performance at all. Jeff Bridges when he's going to talk to all the talk to the bank the first couple of banks that uh have been knocked over and everything he just has this way about him um he you know they they're like somebody somebody mentions you know, it's probably tweakers and he's like it's not tweakers <laughs> <laughs> Tw- tweakers don't knock over banks they knock over gas stations and stuff like that and uh and it's not tweakers and then so like you know, he goes in and, 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 and I'm, and it just, just the little different things, like, he, he needs to get information out of this person, so he talks to that person a different way. Uh, and he has these little knowledge things that, because he's definitely experienced and everything, he comes up with these little things, like, oh yeah, that's probably this and that, I've seen this before. You know, he even knows, like, what the, he even seems to know what the game is. Like, well, they're stealing only the 5s, 10s, and 20s, so they're obviously just trying to get to a certain amount. They're trying to collect yeah, a certain yeah. amount instead of just trying to get rich. And right. uh, and just little things, the way he, he pulls that whole scene off. I think that's like a master class in acting that and, and you don't you don't see those very often in like Oscar reels and stuff because they're not the showy things. But man, he's so good in that, I can't even really explain what he does in the in that scene, but he's great.
2: Yeah, he and his partner uh like he needles his partner the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes with racist jokes, sometimes with just, hey, answer the phone. It's your phone while I'm driving. Um, <laughs> and then later on when they're talking about the banks and his partner keeps interrupting him and he's got the map out on the truck and he gets so exasperated with him and it's just like let me finish and <laughs> yeah. and in the hotel room. He's making fun of what the, the football he's watching and the religion and, yeah. and, and but but at the end when his partner gets shot there's that whine of sincere pain where he's like, mm. Oh, and you know he has
1: to go right back into police mode. Uh, but it, it wrecks me, man, because it's so real. <laughs> and this is right after, but the, his partner gets shot and he's, he's been constant with these jokes the whole time. And yeah. Ben Foster's up there, like shooting from like 300 yards away, shooting at all the, the cops. And of course the, the Texas locals who want to like, uh, like be a hero that day. Um, right. Uh, but, but he's like going there. He's like sitting there, like while this is going on, he goes, he goes, why don't you go up there and like just use one of your tomahawks and knock him down? <laughs> and that's ex- as soon as he says that, that guy gets shot. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he knows, he knows immediately that our, you know, exactly he needs to get back into this other mode, you know, and, um, and, uh, yeah, he's so good in that. And I believe he did get nominated for this. Um, uh, bridges did um uh so yeah this movie is great and it goes up against phantom thread and uh how are we going to vote on this guys hell or high water hell or high water jeremy hmm. goes
2: it was easy for me by the way
1: yeah it
0: is man uh i love me some hell or high water uh i just they're there it's become evident especially as we're doing this uh, this bracket that there are some directors that are just for me. Noah Baumbach is, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is, uh, Stanley Kubrick obviously was, Um, and that I'll just, I'll eat up anything that they will will give me. And I I think Phantom Thread, while not raising to the level of, to me, the master uh, or to Boogie Nights or things like that, uh, I think it is technically such an achievement and that those two leads Work off of each other so perfectly that I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for that. You could say the same about both leads, both sets of leads in Hell or High Water too. Uh, their interactions are what makes the movie basically. Uh, but I think we, we've never seen anything put together so marvelously as Phantom Thread. So I'm gonna vote for that
1: one. Yeah. Uh, so Phantom Thread, I think, is definitely a better technical movie, technically made movie um i and uh it's got a lot of things that you can go deep and philosophical about um uh i you know it, i think one movie does certain things like certain areas of filmmaking are way better in phantom thread but some are areas in hell or high water are way better than that movie yeah, than, yeah. than than in phantom thread so like like hell or high water has got the plot uh uh it's uh you know it's a uh, it's got a plot uh advantage um it's got a s- sort of an ingenuity advantage phantom Thread's got a you know cinematography and and com- and shot composition although hell or high water's got some great cinematography in it too uh but i'm going hell or high water here.
2: Ah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I would have thrown a tantrum if i mean not that you would be wrong you're all entitled to make your choices but i really didn't want <laughs> hell or water to go out this early <laughs>
1: all right everybody it is time to talk about movie once again Mubi! Mubi! and uh there are a lot of interesting uh movies on there right now i watched a movie called workers Mm. Um, which, mm. um, is about uh, a man who is, uh, well, actually, it's about two people a man who is uh, a janitor at a Phillips bulb, uh, factory, and, uh, his ex wife, who is a, uh, a servant or, uh, of some sort to this rich woman, uh, in Tijuana. And, mm. um, and, uh, they're divorced but we don't really get much like sort of they we know that they've had a child that's died and that 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 sort of broke them up in the past there's not really any connection they just the 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 movie just goes from him and to her throughout like it just switches back and forth and uh it's it's really interesting i mean the uh the uh the the guy the guy who's playing this janitor is you just don't know what what's going on and behind in his head at all. He's just a blank slate for the most part. Uh, you don't know, it, like sometimes people ask him a question and you're going to, you wonder if he's even going to answer. Um, hmm. and, uh, and, and he does eventually, but he does a lot of surprising things in this, despite being this reserved person. And, uh, and you're just like, you're like, what, what is going on with this guy? And his story uh, brings one of the biggest surprises in the movie, uh, something that you will never guess is going to happen. Hmm. Um, and then his ex-wife uh, is working for this rich woman who is dying. And, uh, and really, the, the big thing that this rich woman is worried about is her dog named Princess. Uh, after, she, after she dies, what's going to happen to the dog? And hmm. so this dog is pampered more than most humans are. Um, Ooh. and, uh, the dog has, like, you know, you see them, uh, measure out a perfect amount of, like, steak for, for this, for this dog. <laughs> um, just like Jeremy's cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there's, when there's ever, there's music that's playing that somebody doesn't like, they're like, you know, that this dog doesn't like that music. So they have to turn it down oh and, uh, all that type of thing. And so, um, it's one of those things, by the way, that you'll want to. I don't even know if this movie is uh, is uh, popular enough or or known enough to look it up on Does the Die Dog Die dot com. Oh wow! Uh, but I am going to go ahead and give you that spoiler. <laughs> okay, that, they, uh... that the that the, uh, the 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 servants of the house after this woman dies leaves her will saying I am going to keep paying all you guys uh, in the afterlife, essentially. To take care of my dog. And that dog has to die of natural causes before you even, before you leave. So that's their job to do that. And can they do it is the question. Wow. Wow. And so, (laughs) and so these two stories are going back and forth like this. They're not connected whatsoever, other than the fact that these two used to be married. And, um, and it's really, really well shot. Well done. It's from Mexico, I think. Uh, it's ah. at least shot in Mexico, and there's an opening shot of, of, um, of a beach where you see the wall that's between the United States and, mm. uh, and, uh, and Mexico. This is back in 2013. There's a wall like that goes like sort of extends into the ocean. So you see yeah, people yeah, like yeah. talking. Yeah. Through these little bars to each other and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a uh, I I'd, I'd never thought of the the wall that way going um in, going into the ocean. But this movie's very interesting. It's on movie right now and it's really good.
0: Wow, there's a, a lot of it. interesting movies on there right now. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, so so movie is this curated streaming service uh, where you wouldn't ever have access to something like workers um things from from other countries from lesser known filmmakers and things like that and it's fantastic and it will surprise you every every time uh a couple of weeks ago Chris and I caught Toxic Avenger mm-hmm. was on there yep. at the beginning we were like what the hell okay let's do yeah it. let's do it uh they do a, a really good job of grabbing you with thumbnails and in particular <laughs> I got grabbed by a thumbnail <laughs> on, on this one it's called the the daughters of fire yeah and, <laughs> uh,
3: and Nudity—it
0: will grab you. There's a lot of nudity on there. It's a bunch of women hanging out, fairly naked, uh, and so sure, I'll check that out. Um, <laughs> it's an Argentine film. Uh, it's 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 fascinating. In the in what doesn't happen, it's the story of uh, two casually connected lovers, uh, women. One is a long distance uh, swimmer, and one is a director. And so, uh, the, the long distance swimmer comes back from a long trip and she says, well, what are you going to do? What's your next project going to be? And she says, I'm going to make a porno. And so the rest of the, uh, the, the, the narrative is them shooting this porno, uh, using people that they know, using people that they pick up during the trip, uh, using actors and things like that. And man, uh, one of the descriptions says that it subverts the male gaze. And it certainly does do that. Uh, having said that, there's a lot of whacking off in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's there's one. I mean, just absolute like full on get it, get it, get yeah. it twice actually. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's very very interesting. It's very empowering. Uh, it's very feminist. I enjoyed it. Um, I certainly enjoyed it in a different way than a feminist looking at it. Uh, would enjoy it, but I did. I did
2: enjoy those aspects. So I think everybody knows what happened after you were done with the movie. Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You why know did I say yeah. that?
0: Uh, it's it, it's funny. I thought about this during the movie. I was like, is this is this titillating in any way? She's making a porno and she's making it uh, like a, to, a feminist porno, and it appealed to me intellectually. It did not appeal to me sexually. Oh, it was just right. interesting
1: to see. Well, I guess uh, so. One thing that you can yeah. say about the way the sex is framed and and shot and presented is that you get the sense that it's about their pleasure and not anybody watching's pleasure. Correct. So that's right. where it comes from. Like at first, I was like, when I started watching this, I was like, yeah, but aren't you still Aren't you still just showing nudity and sex and everything? Isn't that just, you know, or, or what are you really doing here? But then as the scenes go on, you're like, wait a minute, this is actually not anything that I need to just sit here and, like, you know, worry about my own self during it yeah. and everything. Yeah. And these are long, uninterrupted takes. At one point,
0: I didn't know if they were actually um, – simulating, or if they were doing what Nymphomaniac Volume 1 does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think they were whole hogging it. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. Uh, very much watch- worth a watch. There's a ton of stuff on movie right now, including those two. Uh, you can be fascinated. You can be titillated. You can... You can go to movie. slash cinema sins and you get thirty days of this stuff, man. You will yeah, find yeah. something to watch that is that will blow your mind uh 30 days man it's it's good stuff uh that's up to 60
2: films that's That's up to 60 films you can whole hog it for 30 days (laughs) while you're (laughs) (laughs) self-isolating
0: that's true this is a perfect time to do yes
1: indeed hell or high water will advance it will go up against the winner of la la land versus roma Uh, oh my god (laughs) la la land is the six seed roma is the three seed um Okay, so uh, Roma is the movie that I've seen most recently. Although now it's been like two months since I've seen it, and La La Land I haven't seen in a while. Uh, but um, uh, how do we tackle these two movies? I'll tell you how we tackle these. Jeremy and
0: I have to arm wrestle. Oh boy, virtual arm wrestle, because we are on the the diametrically opposed in this battle, uh, in particular. I've gone back to Roma. There's love, a lot to love about Roma, but but I can't I can't love it with my whole heart like I do
2: La La Land. Oh man, see, I am I am going to have to accept the fact that Roma is not going to win this bracket <clears throat> because Barrett is wrong and stupid. And, <laughs> well, um, hey, I, I'm stupid. I'm not wrong. <laughs> For me, okay, so I love La La Land. Uh, When I first saw it in theaters, I was mesmerized. It gave me that old-time Gene Kelly musical feeling uh, a couple of different times, and that I was raised on that shit. Um, <clears throat> it's waned a little, and I, by that I mean it's gone from like an A-plus to like an A or an A-minus. It's still great, and I love it. Um, It just ultimately, God, I hate this. This is where I land. I don't feel like it's... A, saying anything near as deep as roma is and maybe that's not a good criteria to pick but uh it's it, roma's certainly aiming for something i think a lot deeper
0: you're talking about more of a societal story than there is an actual personal story right well, sure. Because, and i think you've said this before and i think uh i i understand but their professions are what really chap your ass right like, uh, oh, she gets to be a famous movie star now,
2: and oh, he gets to be a touring fucking you know band. band I'm and stuff like that. saying everybody at some point in their life wants to be a movie star. Usually, they grow out of it or get a real job and move on, and that's what La La Land is tapping into. But on the on a surface level, it's it's a lot harder for me to connect to a rich and famous actress who is wistful about a romance. She didn't get to continue then whatever happens in Roma, which does feel like there's a lot more like life and death kind of shit, you know, yeah. like yeah, no, he got right. his jazz club and she got to be a famous actress and you know, it, it's, it's cute, but that speaks, <laughs> it's that speaks more to Hollywood, <laughs> which is why it was so nominated than it yeah. does to regular people. Um, so, you know, and again, I've talked enough about Roma. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised where I'm going to vote here whenever we do vote, because this is one of the few movies I've seen in the last few years that actually made me rethink some of my life and how I view certain circumstances. And um, and I, I try to be a little less happy on my victories these days. And I try and be a little less depressed or not depressed, the right word, but upset about my losses and uh, recognize that, you know, it's a pendulum, man. When I'm up, my neighbor's down. My neighbor's up, I'm down. And my life is no more important than yours, uh, his. Uh, I don't know. It's just I, I get that. I get that the movie doesn't hit you that way, um, mm. but it did me, man. And I, I, I long for movies like that now. That's why when you said, Chris that movie on movie that you watched kind of reminded you about Roma a little mm-hmm. bit, at least in the early going, it makes me want to watch it mm-hmm. um, because I, I want Whereas to Whereas
0: the one that I was watching did not. Interview.
2: Well, no.
1: no, for sure. No, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm actually not sure if I said it during the movie ad, but, uh, but uh, workers does have a lot of uh, things in common with Roma. I feel like, yeah. um, I mean, it's not, It's, it's definitely not exactly like it, but it has some things for sure. A lot of things are going to remind you of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is one of, this is going to be the hardest one for me to, to pick. Uh, because I recently, like I said, I recently saw Roma. When I first watched Roma, I, I kind of liked it, but I wasn't on board with every, where everybody else was. I watched it two months ago and I was like, wow, this is way better than I remember it. And I think it was because, as I said, I think in the uh, first time, the first bracket, um, I kept expecting something to happen and nothing ever really happened. And then going into that second viewing, knowing what happened, uh, I was able to just sit back and enjoy it some more. Mm. But I also mm. haven't seen La La Land in forever. Um mm. So it, this is one of those things where it's going to be hard for me to to come up with a pick because I feel like if I picked Roma right now, it would be recency bias. And if I picked La La Land, I would be just kind of blindly picking it. So I'm going to have to kind of figure out where I want to go on this because yeah. have we already picked? Have you guys already picked essentially? You're, you're, I mean, I, I think. Yeah,
0: pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Without uh, it officializing it. i to go yeah. with La La Land. I do want to ask, though. Uh, just in case it it unfortunately leaves. Do you guys know how they did that one shot of her getting the kids uh, out of the water? Because that one shot is worth the entirety of the movie to me. It's so gorgeously done. It's so tense. It's as tense as anything you see in Gravity or Mm -hmm. uh, Children of Men or anything like that because she goes under the water several times. And you're thinking there's no way that she's going to come out with every single one of them.
2: Have you guys seen any of the making of or anything like that? No, I really want to watch the Netflix just put one out a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I really want to watch it. Uh, I haven't yet, but now that I'm basically self quarantined, I'll get to it. I don't know how they shot that. Um, but you know, he's the one shot master, dude. He is like. This movie, even that, even that riot where the camera spins from the department store out to the riot, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the way back to Children of Men, he's been doing this. Um, So even back
0: in Great Expectations, there's a shot that starts in uh, his opening, in Ethan Hawke's opening, uh, Hmm. where it follows him all the way through. There's like an opera singer that comes up to him and everything. Then he goes around. He uh, takes, uh, meets a few art dealers sees estella sees gwyneth paltrow and it follows her leaving and him going right after her, all the way into the restaurant where hank his area is in there and then out of the restaurant where he he's wow.
2: mr steel yo girl you're making me and, want to watch uh prisoner of azkaban again and see if there's anything in there that's like one shoddy that i did i'm don't trying to remember actually i haven't uh, seen that movie in years
1: yeah i can't i can't remember but yeah, I wouldn't that's, be surprised. Homework. So I think most of my picks have been, what would I watch again? If you had these two movies in front of me, which one would I pick more often? It's going to be La La Land. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, if Roma had moved on, it was going up against hell or high water. So one of the, the others was going to go out. Jer- right, back. Jeremy is visibly upset over this.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. i, almost
1: I tell you up, what, man. And...
0: La La Land, just from the very start, declares itself. And I love it when a movie can make a huge statement uh, of what it what it plans to be right at the beginning, and and all the those bright colors, those people oh. getting out of their cars, the the music, the, the
2: who cares? <laughs> who cares? This is your sideways, Chris. When sideways beat LA Confidential <laughs> in two years, you're <laughs> going to regret this.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe so, but then we would have had to decide between that and hell or high water the next time. And, and you are,
2: I know what I'm voting.
1: You already said, you already said that if hell or high water had been gone, then, you know, you would have been upset. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm curious as to what you would have picked between those two.
2: Well, if I had to pick between hell or high water and Roma, it would have been Roma in half a second. Mm. Like that, that movie, Ugh, that movie is in me. It's in my bones. I, you uh,
3: know, I'm.
0: I'm wondering if i if I have a movie that is that internal to me uh you know i I love movie. i love the Godfather and all that stuff but uh that that movie connected with you on a level that I wasn't expecting uh, um, more than
2: any movie I can remember man, and it's like this is the best movie of the decade for me hmm. um and uh you know you guys just took it out on. <laughs>
1: Barn and shot it. <laughs> it's like that's right. Willy. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> put it down. Put it down. <laughs> the, I I look at it as as fuck Roma more than that's
3: right
1: than anything. <laughs> that's what I hurt Yeah. That's exactly. What I heard. Um, you know. I mean. I guess. I guess. You know. The 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 uh, consolation is we didn't pick under the skin over Roma. Right. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, that would hurt. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one for me, man. And it's again, I believe that Rome was probably the better, I don't know, maybe it feels like it's the better technical film. But like, <laughs> La La Land's got a lot of great technical, uh, work to it as well. It does, it does. And, it does. and, uh, you know, it's, I just feel like it's the, it's the one that I'm going to pick more often. And that's what I had to end up. You're right. Maybe in two years, I would have, I will be like, man, La La Land really hasn't held up. Have you seen that shit lately? But <laughs> right now, right now, I would, I'm, again, I wish I had watched La La Land uh again and and to, to really make a better uh uh competition of this and everything. But uh that's just my gut on that as as where I'm at now. So uh um, I only
2: hope I can hurt you Later in this bracket, as much as you have hurt me. <laughs> uh,
1: let's move on to the number one seed Mad Max Fury Road going up against the eight seed Blind Spotting. Mm. I recently saw Mad Max Fury Road, the black and chrome edition. Oh, mm-hmm. what'd you think of that? I didn't like it as much as the color edition, but I think it may be because I'm so used to the color edition. That the, Mm. you know, it's one of those, it feels like, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you hear that band do a cover of a song first before you hear the original and the cover, you're like, Oh, the cover's so much better. Like, you know, like Guns N' Roses, Liver Let Die. That's way better than that Wings version. Fuck that. Um, (laughs) and, 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 and so like I watched this one and I was like, it's very interesting. When you watch it, it it you know it, the the tone of all the the scenes are so much different from what you remember and everything. I, I think I just like that that color uh, a little bit more. Um, mm. But who knows? Maybe the maybe did he release that? Did uh, George Miller actually put that out? Yes, uh, you yeah, can you can buy that on a Blu-ray, like yeah, uh, the black and chrome. So
0: he, I mean, my question was he had. Was this his idea, I guess?
1: Yeah, there's a there's actually a director's uh, introduction before the black and chrome starts.
0: That's so interesting because it seems like all the colors and all the the vividness seems so uh, very, very deliberate mm-hmm. that taking that away is just... I mean, I, maybe it's just looking to tool around or whatever, but it seems like just the detail on the fucking flame guitar dude yeah. alone...
1: It's worth seeing that. Yeah. that movie in color. That's the way I feel about it. My favorite
2: version of that movie is the one that's black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is.
0: <laughs> um, um, I believe that movie, was uh, Wiz Khalifa before Wiz Khalifa
2: was famous. Or was sure. that Waka Flock of Flame? Uh, it was they're a, the same it was person w. to me. <laughs> they're the exact same person to me. Um I think Mad Max: Fury Road is the continuity king in my, uh, yeah, in my view uh, because it's it's there's so much going on. I remember again, probably beat this dead horse enough, but Chris and I saw this at what used to be called the Grauman's Chinese Theater in L.A. Um, and uh, I I remember looking for continuity mistakes because there'd be so many freaking motorcycle riders coming up on the side clips and whatnot and every time the camera turns around they're all where they should be man it's like really hard to find continuity errors in this
1: yeah and and you know while it's amusing to see that guitar guy uh every once in a while and and you know it's just funny that this you know he's brought this guy to play music and stuff (laughs) (laughs) He's fucking shamming um, <laughs> um the the they he even uses whatever that whatever riff he's playing as sort of a like, uh, like a horns approaching type of sound in the movie. Yeah. So, like, even it, it doesn't matter where, like, if the camera's going like over their bit, you know, the big entourage of people chasing after Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy, you hear that guitar playing when it goes over that. When they're in the distance, you can start faintly hearing the guitar in the background. You yeah. know, it's, it's that kind of movie where the, where everything was, it kind of reminds me of, uh, this is another off-topic thing but it kind of reminds me of the simpsons where there was a producer who said every time the nuclear power plant is shown we have to hear a co- crow cro- a crow call we have to hear yeah. a crow call every time the nuclear plant is shown and so uh-huh. like so like they would there would be episodes where they'd forgotten about it and this guy would watch it and he'd be like he'd be like where's the crow call we need to put the crow call there oh wow um but yeah that that's the type of thing and this movie's so simple so like it, it you know you it's 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 hard to believe that we 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 push this movie up so much because it's it's a drive forward and a drive back and it's like a wind sprint right yeah, it's like, you remember wind, wind, <laughs> yeah. just go down there
2: and then come back right
1: exactly um and uh you know it's uh they're, they're going towards this uh this uh, place where uh, supposedly there's all this stuff growing and everything like that. And of course they've, they, the, 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 stunning moment of this movie is they go across this area that's just completely dead and have skexies living on it and stuff (laughs) 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 and and like and like they go past it and then they 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 end up uh, where all the women are where they where they're like uh they're sort of like uh station these these older women and they're like uh yeah we used to have a place like that but uh it's it's everything's died now there's nothing there anymore and it's like we just went over that place they didn't like the place that was supposed to be so lush and beautiful they went over it like it was a second thought they didn't even know it was they didn't even know it was the place and Mm. and uh and you know then they were they found out hey it's it's gone now um but yeah, movie has a lot of great themes to it. It's well shot. The action's awesome, um, and then it goes up against blind spotting.
0: What yeah. uh, what becomes of the the war boys? Uh, do they at the end of the movie do they basically pledge fealty to to Furiosa, I th- or are they killed off?
1: No, I think I think uh, I think that's what the movie is implying that they pledge fealty because yeah. the you know, the uh, the whatever Joe guy is um, he's dead. So whoever's killed that guy is now the king in their eyes. I think I think, I I think that's how they're 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 sort of terming it, because, they, you know, if you if you follow these people all the way through it they're they this is their their god this you know this the, yeah and and uh and i believe that they they have a very simple outlook on life if that person dies then whoever whoever killed that guy is their king now or their queen or whatever oh wow but um yeah um yeah this, I, I mean this yeah this movie's really good blind spotting i haven't seen blind spotting since uh when jeremy talked about it so much that uh back in it was six or seven months ago so i haven't seen it since then so i've seen actually seen mad max fury road more recently but um uh have you gotten any more revelations out of blind spotting uh in the past couple of months jeremy
2: oh uh, i feel like every time i watch it i see something new um and And I think the reason blind spotting has made it this far in the bracket is that it's just very inventive it's very unique. I've never seen a movie like this where you know, certain parts of certain scenes are are wrapped because that's just it's part of how these guys communicate with each other and then in that final scene where he just erupts with this hamilton esque diatribe um <clears throat> I've never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I watched it, I was just, I was, I was up in the air like I was at the end of Eight Mile just because of the rapping. Then I go back and watch it again and I start seeing all of the subtle nods to how, not even subtle sometimes, but about the gentrification um, and of Oakland specifically. and uh, this movie has a lot, a lot to say about uh, race and race relations and uh, gentrification specifically. It's a rap movie about gentrification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet somehow <laughs> it's thrilling. Um, I, I see something new every time. I I don't know how I'm going to vote. I'm, this is not like Roma versus La La Land where I just knew immediately because you know Mad Max Fury Road is also very inventive I've also never seen a movie quite like that um and you know technically he was working on those storyboards for 10 plus years like this yeah. is this is a, a feat like we don't really give him enough credit for this accomplishment so it's it's hard to know uh, but I do wish more people would watch Blind Spotting you know, Fury Road was a blockbuster and Blind Spotting is kind of indie and what life it's it has is going to be word of mouth like this mm-hmm. so even if it doesn't win this bracket, if you still haven't seen it, um, it's not super long. Great performances, uh, and there's a lot of meat on that bone.
3: Mm.
0: Why does he do that at the end? Uh, is it, from what I understand, he he explains it in the rap as saying, "This is the only way I can communicate to you." Yes uh, is it is it more for uh, is it more for that character, or is it more for the police officers to to he- let him understand what he's saying. And
2: that's the only way that he can, he can get that across. I think it's both. Honestly, I think it's the most natural way for that character to communicate. Um, I think if he had simply spoken to the officer and said, you don't know what it's like. I don't think the officer would have had any kind of revelation. I think it's very clear by the end of that scene that the officer has had his eyes opened. He's trying uh, to,
0: t- he's trying to get his anger out but in a way that, first of all, is not going to get him killed, because isn't it his last day of probation, yes. his last day of whatever, um, or arrested or whatever.
2: But he's also pointing a gun at him, isn't he? He is. He's pointing a gun at a police officer in the police officer's home. Uh, yeah. He could very easily be arrested for this. Uh, and I think the fact that he does get his message across to that guy is why he's not. Uh, and he even I don't think there's ever any question that he's going to not shoot him. Cause even part of what he says to that guy is, you know, the difference between you and me is I'm, I'm not a killer. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe that's how, like I'm the guy to speak to this. Maybe this is how this kind of change we need in terms of race relations, uh, uh, particularly with the people of authority. Um, you know, one person at a time, maybe he changed that guy's mind and heart and that guy can go on to do it for someone yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but the movie is a lot deeper than just you know, fancy rapping. You
1: mm-hmm. know?
2: It's just dis- disguised under that fancy rapping.
1: All right, so um, I'm going to go ahead and pull off the band aid. I'm picking Mad Max: Fury Road here. Mm, that band aid hurt.
0: Going to pick Blind Spotting. Blind Spotting is is one of the Blind Spotting is one of the only movies that I thought was overhyped because Jeremy loved it so much, and then Chris. And not by any fault of you guys, but then Chris saw it, and he really loved it too, and I was like, "Well, all right, fine, I'll just watch it and it <laughs> exceeded my expectations, even that uh and that kind of movie is is just right up my my alley so uh yeah i'm gonna I love Fury Road two, but like you said, it's a very simplistic uh story, even though it's expertly done, so uh yeah, I'm gonna go blind spotting,
2: oh Jesus. Hang on, I need a minute. <laughs> we weren't expecting that minute. one, were you? <laughs> I really wasn't. Okay, despite everything I just said, I'm going to go Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, I want Blonde spotting to go on just so more people will hear us talk about it and watch it. Uh, but if I put these two together, um, you know, <laughs> Blind spotting is an accomplishment of uh, creative writing and good performances. And Mad Max Fury Road is an accomplishment on a, on such a much bigger scale that I really, I really don't think like people look at the fast and furious movies and they cost, you know, $300 million and they they ran cars out of a building and jumped into another (laughs) building. But that's not what Mad Max Fury road was. and Mad Max Fury road is mostly practical. Um, and uh, I do not underestimate that continuity stuff because it's not paid enough attention to you. So that's my vote and I'm, I'm really sorry uh, to Dobby Diggs.
1: Sure and a lot of these <laughs> a lot of these matchups by you know, necessity are going to be unfair because you know when you talk about the money that goes into a movie like Mad Max Fury Road as compared yeah. to a blind spotting and, and even so even if you threw a hundred more million dollars at blind spotting it's not like it's going to become you know suddenly right. this way this way bigger scale movie or anything it's uh face face facing it's face face (laughs) facing um (laughs) but uh yeah mad max fury road moves on it will go up against the winner of the matchup between nightcrawler the five seed and Mm. the nice guys the four seed. Mm. i watched nightcrawler in the past 24 hours um wow, you have watched a lot of movies. A lot of times before these brackets I have uh, an insane marathon of things going on. Like I saw five movies in the last 24 hours. Um <laughs> I saw I saw three for the bracket. I saw two on movie. So, Ooh. you know, <laughs> um it's it, it's one of those things. Um Uh, I needed to see Nightcrawler again I had not seen it in a long time Uh, and um, just to refresh my memory on this uh, on this movie but um, man Jake Gyllenhaal is a just a he's just like this snowball of force uh, as he goes through, like at first he can't even get a job. It's he yeah. he he's interviewing for jobs, he can't even get one, uh, and then he just happens to stumble on this, uh, you know, this news story thing happening on the street where Bill Paxton and his crew are shooting this, uh, this guerrilla footage of, you know, a, a car crash, and he starts getting really interested in in doing this thing for himself he actually asked Bill Paxton for a job and back Bill Paxton's like, you know, get the hell out of here. Um, but, uh, Gyllenhaal is just super, super like driven during this thing. He starts researching everything he can on how to, how to find these, these stories for footage to sell to news, to news stations. And, uh, and he, he, you don't realize how much research he's done until the movie starts getting really dark. Um, yeah, Uh, you, you realize he's driven, but you don't realize like probably every time we're not seeing him, he is sitting there looking for ways to get advantages in the job that he's in. Um, and, uh, and by the end of it, you know, he's, he's like, he's like the main guy. He is the guy um that people are going to look forward to getting his footage from and everything because he gets the most insane stuff i uh I, I watched a little making of on this too uh it was based on a real guy i guess from like wow i guess it was from the 30s though i think i heard 30s so like hmm. so not a lot of the stuff that You know, maybe maybe I misheard that, but um, he's he's Jude Law's character from Road to Perdition. He's he's Jude Law's character. (laughs) (laughs) He has a bunch of staples in his face or a bunch of uh glass in his face, but uh, but yeah. So it it's it's crazy because he like Jake Gyllenhaal is going well above. Like at first you're like, this is fucked up what he's doing. But then he goes over that line. Like, he, like, the, it seems like he's towing the line, and then he goes over it. And, and, uh, and he's just got this sort of like, uh, I don't know, this logic to it, uh, that you, he, he just has a way of making it seem good for himself. I don't know. It, it's, it, it's, it's insane. Like, uh, he, um, he gets to that, he gets to that home invasion thing before the cops do. And he even catches the guys on, on camera. And yeah. then he goes into the house and like all up in everybody's business who are just shot to death. And and then he cuts out that part where he had the faces and everything and sells that part, you know, to the news station, yeah. you know, just so that he can get another lead to another story later on.
2: Yeah. I think the, what stands out to me, I've seen this movie three times, that, I think the heart of the movie is supposed to be that when he gets to the home invasion before the cops and films them, lets them leave and then goes in to get his footage. There's supposed that's supposed to be the moment where you go, wow, he's gone too far. Mm -hmm. But it's actually after that for me, when he goes up to the fridge and he subtly moves the picture yeah. so that it makes a better composition in his shot cuz the picture's closer to the bullet yeah. hole that's the moment where i'm like
1: motherfucker is the devil right yeah. and then and then i mean everything is incremental right like he, every yep. time like he does that and then the next thing is that he moves a body in a car yeah. crash <laughs> um and so that that shot mm-hmm. will be better um mm-hmm. and he just he just He, I think he understands like a lot of the things that he's doing. I I don't think he realizes that there's anything wrong with what he's doing. Uh, he just, he's just. I don't think he does. He does he know right and wrong here? I don't know if he does. No, no,
0: no. absolutely. He's not looking to be redeemed. He's looking to be successful and to be admired. And he's such a loathsome character. I'm glad you said he was the devil. He is. He's like. I, I hate this character. <laughs> well, I love watching it. But he plays for it really well. Yeah. Like, oh my
2: God, he's, just, he's terrible, and 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 it's all for self gain. And I don't know what the maybe you know Barrett the clinical term is. I think there is a clinical mental health term for people who don't know the difference between right and wrong. Oh, it's um, psychopathy. I mean, it it literally
0: yeah. is uh, being a psychopath. Yeah. Um, and where you just want what is best for you personally. Yeah. If he wants sex, he's going to get sex by any means necessary. If he wants money, if he wants that car, then yeah. this is how he's going to do it. And yeah. uh I you know I have I wonder why we root for this guy at all or why we're interested in this this story at all. I guess maybe we want him to get caught, but he never does get caught, right?
3: Mm-mm.
1: I don't no. I don't know if you watch this movie hoping he'll get caught. I I think you just watch it as sort of as an uh I don't know, as a with dark interest maybe i don't know mm. what it is but you're not really i don't know if i was sitting there going oh boy i hope he's caught for what he's doing what he's doing here don't know if that really entered my mind and maybe that makes me the sick fuck but <laughs> <laughs> well we, it was actually reversed
0: on uh, uh breaking bad uh you were saying that uh you wanted
1: him to i think there and i was like no go. i think there might be uh, an issue there where i'm like I, I think I may want him to get caught by the end of the movie, but not like during it. So like, so like after he does the last stuff where he gets uh, Riz Ahmed dead and everything, he kills. He basically kills Riz Ahmed in this. Um, I, I, I sort of wish he's. Ca- captured there but the movie's about to end at that point right. so you know if if this had gone on for another quote unquote episode then I definitely want him to get caught um, well and I don't think the
2: movie wants him to get caught because I think the movie wants I think the movie wants us to realize it's our fault like if there wasn't viewer mm, demand mm-hmm, for this mm-hmm. kind of you know closer and closer to the edge news and news footage and sensationalist uh, work in journalism so i think the movie is pointing its finger at us and if he gets arrested at the end that lets us off the hook yeah um and so it works better with him getting away with it even though you know he's the devil
1: yeah isn't that the subtext of this movie even though it looks like the news station is a uh, is an evil organization because they because she renee russo you know puts it out there right at right at the beginning he's like she's like uh uh, crime done by black or brown people in affluent ne- neighborhoods. That's what we go after first. Um, and, and, and so it sounds like, wow, this news station is awful, but that's exactly what the people are watching when they're yeah. watching the news and everything. And, and, uh, and it may not be, it may not be news they're framing the news however they want to in this thing like they're they call mm-hmm. they call some of these like they're trying to come up with a narrative for these things even though there may not be a narrative um and uh and it's just it's just you know it's dangerous but like that's exactly what we're going for right we're, we we yeah. go for that shit um i the scene with him and rené Russo at dinner Is, uh, is the, uh, the, it's where it starts really getting crazy. I mean, I guess it's, it's crazy, like as soon as he crosses the line for the first time. But for me, uh, he's trying to get in good with her so that she just constantly just pays him money. Um, and, uh, and he's going to get out, go out there and get that footage. She, at, at first, he's like, let's do this. And then she's resistant to it. And then he goes, well, I've been looking – I've been reading about you, and you're – you have only been at certain stations for two years and you're about to get to your second year now. So what's, you know, what's up? Like he, like he, he knows things about her that put her in a bad position because, Mm. because if she's about, if if she's about to uh, get canned after two years, she needs something that's really going, I mean, and she's probably tired of getting canned after two years. So he knows Mm -hmm. that immediately. And then, then even after that, she's sort of resistant. And then she, you know, then he goes, You know, he's, he go, he piles even more information on there where like, you know, you're, you're, you're fucked. You're going to have to go with what I'm giving you or else you're not going to be here anymore. She could take a moral stance and say, no, I'll just get fired and, and deal with it. But no, she doesn't. She's that driven that she wants this guy's stuff, even though she knows in the back of her head, this guy is doing some real shady shit to get this footage. I love the scene, too, with her and the, the guy that's like a producer or something like that early on. And when he gets that, he shows that footage of the refrigerator And, uh, and, uh, he's like, how did you get in there? Did you, did they let you in? And he doesn't answer the question. He goes, he goes, he goes, well, uh, I called out, nobody's answered and the door was open. So I went in and, uh, and, and, uh, and then he. um, uh, the the guy's like man this is fucked up we can't use this this is a this is across the line and and renee russo tells him oh come on your your best your job is to create the tweet of the day and to tell deb to turn sideways when she's doing the weather And, and and so uh it's you know she's obviously awful too but um, mm. but he's, he's, he's got, he's done so much research on her that he's got her right where he wants her and everything. And it's, uh, it's a scary thing. Like it's, he keeps piling stuff on that you think, okay, well that's where it's going to end right there. And then, and then he just keeps piling more stuff. Um, so it, uh, it goes up against the nice guys. Uh, mm. I haven't seen the nice guys as recently, but man, this movie is so watchable, man. It's, mm-hmm. I have
2: seen the Nice Guys very recently, and not for the bracket, but because every time I see it on HBO, I stop and watch it. Um, <sighs> yeah, this may be. Now we're talking about Shane Black, who I think played a role in creating the modern action comedy with *Lethal Weapon*. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's written a lot of great films, um, but I think this is one of one of, if not the best, action comedy of since the year 2000. Uh, I think it's better than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, It's super rewatchable. There's an actual, here's what I like, there's an actual mystery here, right? Like I like watching Whole Nine Yards. It's a decent action comedy, mostly comedy, but there's no mystery there. That's not trying to be like a real adventure or detective story, but this one is. It's just in between some of the most hilarious shit I've ever seen, and I would watch this goes against every fiber of my being. I would watch more movies with these two guys solving crimes together because Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling playing off of each other. Like I never expected such great comedic
0: time. Yeah. Especially coming from those two. I mean, they're not really (laughs) known for now. Ryan Gosling has a background in some comedy. He was funny in, uh, in uh, crazy, stupid love and all that, but not nothing approaching this level of, of almost slapstick at times. Of smart comedy, of acting, the greatest drunk acting I think I've ever seen. Uh, just throwing in random noises and words in there to be like, "Hold on, that's not right." Uh, an absurd, like, broad comedy. I mean, the guy. This was. I this may be outside of La La Land, and maybe including
2: La La Land, my favorite Ryan Gosling performance. Oh man, and it's the, this. His character, despite this being a. a a comedy. Th- their recent past is tragic because he had a gas leak, but he has a bad nose, and he thought his wife was making it up. And then the house caught fire, and his wife died. Oh, like that's yeah. the backstory yeah. of why the daughter keeps going to the old lot of the house and reading in the middle of the night. And when Russell Crowe comes to talk to her, she's like, "You're standing on the toilet," um, <clears throat> and like, you know, he says, "Your dad tells me you're going to rebuild," and she's like, "Does it look rebuilt to you?" There's like a real tragic reason for the rift between daughter and father even though the bond is still clearly there and i love that moment cuz early on she says you're the you know the world's worst detective that's about halfway through the movie and then he figures out a clue which ends up being wrong later but he says to her world's worst detective huh oh no it's actually after he finds the film projector in the mm. coffee table and it comes up and he's like world's worst detective huh? she gives this smile that is such it's so pure like I'm so proud of my dad right now even though he's a fuck up <laughs> um, I just I could watch this movie every day and probably never
1: get tired of it it's just it's just candy yeah um, I don't know if, I don't know what else to say about. I it. don't either so why don't we go ahead and vote here I'm gonna pick the nice guys Mm. Oh, I am too. By a Mm. landslide.
0: I I really do like Nightcrawler, uh, but there's, yeah, there's no competition. And if
1: I'm choosing between two, I guess it, I I guess it depends really on, you know, our, our, you know, Nightcrawler obviously takes itself a little bit more seriously. It's like a, Mm. it's, it's, it's you know, it's a movie that's trying to be a serious film here. And the nice guys is really just trying to be the entertainer. Nobody wants to see your dick kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I love it. And so the nice guys moves on. It goes up against Mad Max Fury road. The next time we come back to the North region. Yeah. Yeah um yeah it's gonna get harder that's the way that's the way this goes (laughs) Yep. Um, the next time we go to a bracket will be in the east region that was uh those those were some those were some tough ones again and it's gonna just get worse and worse so yeah it is all right everybody it is time to talk about better help once again better Better
0: help. help better help i gotta tell you something you people i am not handling this well I am not handling this pandemic very well uh, in terms of anxiety. I am not an anxious person. Historically, I haven't really had problems with anxiety. I've had some other problems, but a little bit of depression, uh, situational things. Uh, but I've never been an anxious person. So uh, this whole thing is scaring me. It's scaring me for me and for my family and stuff like that systemically. Uh, I And so because I've never experienced it before, I don't really know. Ne- know how to deal with it. Right. Like, I don't even know what to call it or how to treat it or anything like that. I've told people to do it, but it's it's hard for me to internalize how to slow yourself down when you're getting really, really worked up and, you know, control your breathing and stuff like that. And so I made like a, an emergency call to my BetterHelp uh, counselor and said, what's, you know, we all know what's going on, what's going on with me <laughs> and how can I manage it? And that was an extremely helpful session. She actually sent me some literature right afterwards uh, to to deal with uh, worry and anxiety with global uncertainty, and it's been very,
2: very helpful. And it, it's all through BetterHelp. You know, one of the things one of the things that I do when this is, I have a, a number of different tactics to try and help me come down from what might be an anxiety attack. One of them is to recite lyrics. Typically for me, it's like Eminem and I'll even like try and learn new songs and then memorize the lyrics. And then when I hit anxiety, I try and I go back to one of his songs and I just start doing the lyrics and it like shuts out everything else because my brain is focused on just remembering these lyrics. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. And I'm going to rip that off. (laughs) Yeah. And well, I actually had a therapist once, I might've mentioned this before, recommend that I take up chainsawing. Um, And I said, Holy crap, I would cut my arm off. And he was like, you know, it's so dangerous that it causes you to focus so much that you shut out all the anxiety. I
0: guess so. I don't think you should be handing out this advice.
2: (laughs) No, I'm not saying you do that. I'm just talking about how you can trick your mind even in a moment of anxiety. And I'm, So thankful that BetterHelp exists and has this infrastructure in place before this pandemic hits uh, because now people who have maybe never experienced this kind of anxiety have a resource without having to leave their house. Yeah, and
0: and it's terrific, man. I've logged onto it uh, every day, really, this week uh, while this has been going on. I'm logged into it right now. It's my my session room. Uh, It's my counseling room. I literally, I see a picture of my lovely... Uh, th- uh, therapist. And I, I see the schedule. I see when she's available. Uh, any history of, of text between us, like everything is right there and it couldn't be easier. Um, I love it. Uh, I recommend anyone, even if you're not diagnosed, especially in these times, think about it. If you want to give it a shot, go to betterhelp.com SYNCAST and you can get 10% off your first, uh, your first month, which is which is substantial, especially as many times as I'm planning on using it. Betterhelp.com slash Could not recommend
1: it more. Um, do we want to do some questions? Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. This is a
0: super, super fun one. If you can make a movie by taking three characters from the middle of their respective films and throwing them into the events of a fourth film, what would this movie be? example oh, that God. this person uh, offered is Ash Williams from Evil Dead 2, Max Rotakatansky from Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I guess I could probably pronounce that better. And Alex <laughs> DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange. Then he wants to deliver a truckload of dynamite and sorcerer. What a fuck!
1: That would be an incredible, <laughs> like, what the fuck movie? <laughs> um. All right, so I uh, I decided to go all time travel with this. Uh, so uh, I have Bill and Ted and Marty and M- Marty McFly in a Terminator movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying to wrap my head around that. That's hilarious.
2: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> and I didn't know if if people would consider Bill and Ted as one character and, you know, cause maybe I could have come up with a third movie to come up with and then, uh, you know, and then put them in the Terminator. Uh, but if it's, if it's going to be that, I don't, I don't know who else I would, who I would put in after that. If, if you considered Bill and Ted one character in this question, <laughs> mm.
2: I actually thought about this a lot longer than I should have and, uh, ended up coming with a, re- coming up with a really stupid answer. Um, I'm going to take Brad Pitt. <laughs> from 12 Monkeys, Brad Pitt from Fight Club, and Brad Pitt from Meet Joe Black. I would put all three three of them into a remake of Trapped in Paradise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because in Trapped Trapped in Paradise, you have like three brothers, quote unquote brothers. I don't think they're all brothers, but Nicolas Cage is like the only really smart one. And then the other two are varying degrees of stupid. And I feel like, uh, Brad Pitt from Fight Club is crazy that's close to stupid uh, Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys is well he's insane uh, and you know no i I'm not would be, it'd be, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it would be really interesting to watch them along with the, the robotic meet Joe Black performance who can't commit to anything uh, stuck in some town after they've robbed a bank I think it would be
3: fun
2: meet <laughs> Joe Black my god <laughs> is,
0: is that the one where he's death
2: yes
1: yep see uh it's funny uh recently uh people who weren't alive back when meet joe black came out recently found the opening scene where brad pitt who's you know who when he's playing his human self gets hit by the car and (laughs) realize how hilarious that scene (laughs) is it's supposed to be some like you know uh, horrible thing that happens but it's so it's so comical Oh what, what happens when he gets run over? Oh, because
0: he gets run over and then like hit again, and mm-hmm. like rolls over another time or something. It's oh it's it's
1: just the way he flies in the air. It's <laughs> it's absolutely unreal. <laughs>
0: And it takes forever to lead up to that. Yeah, too. yeah, because it's it's, it's it's a
1: uh, or Yeah, because he looks back at Claire for Lonnie, f- Claire for Lonnie looks back at him. Then he walks a little bit more. He he looks back at her. She looks back at him. And then it's like it takes for like a minute and a half. And then finally he gets hit. <laughs> I
0: love that. And, and plus, that's the only watchable part of that movie. Yeah, was yeah. like six hours long. I don't too.
1: know. I kind of I kind of like it back in the day did you really yeah it wasn't it wasn't i didn't think it was bad i mean yeah that getting hit by the car was bad but like you know (laughs) it is it is a long movie it is long way too long than it should be than it should be and it's based on uh uh what was that uh it was the there there was an original uh that came out um that i think gary cooper was in or somebody i can't remember who it was oh really uh but Death takes a holiday, I believe, is what there the movie was called. I
2: thought it was going to be Death knocks on your front door.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the sequel. That was the sequel. Man, they put Abbott and Costello in that one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh,
0: for my, did you do yours already? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, you did Bill and Ted. Okay, for mine, I'm going to take uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, Nakia,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: from Black Panther, Furiosa from Fury Road. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Tessa Thompson's character uh, Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok,
3: yeah, and nice. I'm going to
0: throw them into the Force Awakens, and I want them to do like a really complicated side plot involving like hustling and like stuff like that on Jakku. Yeah, all right.
1: I all would right. watch that. I would I watch would. the shit out of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: uh, this is it, <laughs> this is interesting because the the song has been released, but the movie has now been delayed, as has every movie. Uh, in existence but uh, No Time to Die, the song uh, was released by Billie Eilish uh, so now that that is released who's an artist that you would like to see perform the next Bond theme however, whatever iteration that is uh, this person would like to see Hoser uh, what they would do for a Bond film this is very interesting to me is it Hoser or Hosier? I have no idea doesn't really matter. He's, just take him to church.
2: Yeah, take yeah. Him to church. James yeah. <laughs> Bond like a flower. Everybody. Okay.
1: Uh, um, I s- I settled on Daft Punk for this one.
3: Nice.
1: Um, but I was also thinking. Uh, you know it, it it'd be cool to hear a Kendrick Lamar Bond theme. Oh, yeah, it would.
2: I almost uh, thought yeah, that. it would.
1: Um, because I, I think that he would he would come up with the orchestrations and everything around his own style that would be very Bond, but also very him as well, and it would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great call. Both of those are great calls. I actually really don't like Bond music very much. The only ones that I really like are the uh uh once for a really shitty movie but the uh the world is not enough the garbage one um i thought yep. that was really good the the classic you know goldfinger is is beautiful uh live and let die is second mentioned today yep yep uh, that's all right uh and then the uh the one by chris cornell for the uh, casino royale is maybe my favorite right
1: now yeah uh what about what about those what about those early shirley Bassey ones
0: it does nothing for me. Doesn't, really? doesn't get it up for me at all, no. Hmm. Um. Yeah, not, hmm. not in general, just uh, Goldfinger and stuff like that, just because it's so classic. Yeah. But I actually would love to see, uh, there's this flamenco duo, Rodrigo y Gabriela, and they do flamenco almost like metal. Like uh, it's it's really it's almost spy music when you listen to it anyway. It's like very well paced and it's it's fantastic and it's it's crazy intricate. Uh, They're both insanely talented, very percussive. Uh, They do us on uh, I've got their album right here. They do a a cover of Stairway to Heaven and uh, it's all instrumental. It's no singing at all. Stairway Haven Heaven has one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time. And it's, it's not an easy guitar solo to play. You know, there's a lot of fret work and stuff like that. This guy plays maybe like 900 extra notes in that solo while still playing that solo. It's amazing, <laughs> the stuff that this guy pull, uh, pulls out. Uh, so I think they'd be awesome
2: in a Bond thing. Mm-hmm. I have a very Jeremy answer and uh, my real answer. All right. And the very Jeremy answer is rage against the machine, baby. Boom. <clears throat>
3: because
2: I would love nothing more than to bond, have Bond like that down the barrel of the gun thing where he points and, it's a, and then all of a sudden, quit it now. <laughs> um, but my, my real answer is uh, an artist I've heard only on channel 36 on satellite radio, which is a, uh, not a band's placement. It's uh, what's it called?
1: Oh, is it know. XMU? Oh, Oh, it's, it's all
2: nation. It's Alt nation. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. The artist is Two Feet, um, and the song you've probably heard is uh, "I Feel Like I'm Drowning." Mm-hmm. Feel like I'm drowning. He does a yeah. lot of like, <laughs> 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 a lot of guitar work and uh, big heavy bass. Uh, and I just think it's it's mood music that would be perfect for a Bond film. He's had two or three songs, I think it's a he, um, on Alt Nation. I've loved every one of them. Uh, and I just thought that, like, style-wise, that would be a really cool Bond.
1: Film. Yeah, I'm thinking of that song right now. And I think they would be perfect Bond Bond material for sure. Especially if the
2: Bond movie was called, you know, feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all.
1: Yeah. But yes, if he, if they had to, if they enlisted that guy to make a bond mo- bond song, I think he would do a good one for sure. Yeah, I thought so.
0: What are your favorite performances in which the actor has been cast against type? This example mm. uh, would be Michael Sarah And this is the end, yeah. which is a hilarious, a hilarious performance. Mm-hmm. That, that thing where he's sucking on a lollipop, as a girl is like eating out his butthole, yeah. <laughs> Jay show <laughs> comes in and he's like, you can go. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I think uh, Michael Sarah was cast against type even in um, um, Molly's game. Um, yeah. I'm so used to him being, you know, that geeky, lovable, schlubby, nerdy guy. And in that movie, he's like a fast talking asshole.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> but anyway, that's a good choice.
1: That's um, not
2: a choice. You didn't make a choice. We have an answer to <laughs> uh,
1: uh I I think uh, a lot of times people forget how against type it was for Woody Harrelson to be in Natural Born Killers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah um, yeah. It, We knew Woody Harrelson from Cheers at the time, and he was this, you know dumb you know he was the dumb character in cheers and uh and then his movie career at that point he had been like every man kind of guys like an indecent proposal and white men can't jump and uh stuff like that so when I saw the trailer for Natural Born Killers, and I saw they had shaved his head bald, and you know, you ain't seen nothing yet, and all that, I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, this is Woody yeah, Harrelson completely <laughs> different from anything we've ever seen before. Compare that performance to fucking Woody in Cheers, it's the yeah, yeah. d- d- polar opposite. That's a that good call. That is true. I, would, uh,
2: I had two written down that I like, uh, Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. Yeah. And oh, no that- kidding. <clears throat> Because even when he's done dramatic, quote unquote dramatic stuff like The Big Short or what have you, there's still this comic element. Uh, and in Foxcatcher, there's none of that, none of that at all. And so you know, we're so used to Michael Scott and the the humor from The Office, and then, uh, so that that one stood out to me. And then um, Jen, Jennifer Aniston in the Horrible Bosses movies. Yeah, now she's she's <laughs> continued to do this in a few more movies. But up until that movie, she was known as. A nice girl. Um, and she's just nasty in those mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> nasty, nasty. Yeah. Uh, and she plays it really well, but the first time, now, of course, I saw them out of order, so I saw Horrible Bosses 2 first, but when I watched that movie, I was like, wow, this is Which, really like nothing I've ever seen her do before. So I, I think she's
1: definitely dirtier. At least they give her more specific dialogue that's dirtier in the second one yeah. than they yeah. do in the first one. So <laughs> He says, hey, it's
2: my first time on the slopes, I'm
1: going to stay off the black diamond. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> she is so smoking hot in those movies, though. She is. Yeah, I is. mean, they they when she's dirtied up like that, that's my kind
3: of Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the, the 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 common responses to this would be uh, Robin Williams and insomnia, but Ooh. I think Robin Williams had been playing, you know, certainly dramatic roles. He's he's typically been the good guy, but he had been playing. Uh, uh, dramatic roles before, but he certainly wasn't uh, ever a killer before. I don't think.
1: so. Not really. He had no. always played like some like moral character or some you know like Fisher King and yeah, um, yeah Goodwill Hunting and What Dreams May Come and all these movies like that. He was never like the bad guy. Uh, what Dreams May Come keeps
0: coming on the cable channels, and I keep thinking maybe I should watch this again because mm. I always like the visual of it i always liked the uh the aesthetic of it but uh haven't haven't gone gone with it yet i haven't and seen i it. remember it being bad
1: <laughs> i haven't seen it since it came out and uh but i think i looked at the imdb the other day and i noticed that it had like uh what a set was it a seven yeah 7.1 wow uh so it has definitely gotten a following over the years Interesting. Wow. I didn't I like remember it. it being boring. I didn't either. Yeah, me too. I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, man, this looks awesome. And then I watched yeah. it and I hated it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and I got a couple more. I would say Meryl Streep uh, for uh, Devil Wears Prada because she's not typically a villain. Yeah. And even though the, the, the character doesn't uh, turn out to be all that villainous, uh, she's usually not that, that way. Yeah. But. What's really what that made me think about is the River Wild and uh, Kevin Bacon play against type uh, because he's usually the good guy. Mm -hmm. And plus, I really like the River Wild.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't John C. Riley in that too? He is. He's, he's yeah. the other it's guy. Really I think he's uh,
0: Kevin Bacon's guy. It's crazy how
1: many movies John C. Riley was in before you r- realized John C. Riley <laughs> yeah. was a thing. Like, yeah, it is. Like, like you, you'll, you, like you, like I think I first really became aware of John C. Riley back in Boogie Nights era, yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And and then you know, recently, like every once in a while, I'll see some movies like Casualties of War or something like that. He's in that. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> and, and and you know it was like you know it's like baby John C. Riley in these in these movies from the eighties. Uh, it's crazy to see him. He's got how many credits do you think he has, Chris? John C. Riley, I'm going to say probably. Let's see. I don't think he's the kind of actor that's been in everything to the point mm-hmm. of that he has over a hundred. But I'm going to say like ninety five.
0: You're right around it. It's hundred and five. But then there's uh, a lot of like. Tim and Eric awesome show like that right kind of thing.
1: which is he's a he's like a huge meme generator guy from that because he did that uh, professor steve brill yeah, stuff yeah 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 uh
0: the perfect storm was one that I forgot that he was in yep <laughs> yep uh never been kissed oh yeah the threat the thin red line right uh and he's the uh, catcher in for the love of the game yep yep uh, river wild what's heating he gilbert great yeah hoffa. hoffa was another thing i saw recently days oh, of thunder oh, yeah so, yeah.
1: hoffa was another one because i had seen <laughs> i had seen hoffa around the time the irishman came out and uh and i was like holy shit fucking john c riley's in this too all right one more
0: here. all right uh what is a tv show or film that you've seen or heard enough of to know that it's likely good but you will not see and why for this person Ooh. it's the handmaid's tale I've always hated uh, seeing depictions of sexual and sexualized violence, even though I'm sure the uh, the show deserves its praise. I can't watch it. Mm. I'll uh, I'll stop it there because that is my pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> never going to watch The Handmaid's Tale. There's enough miser- misery in the world. Uh, it's why I stopped watching Walking Dead, um, and uh, I have no interest whatsoever in in seeing handmaid's tale Mm, that's a good one there is a a
1: there is a second part to this question though right you're you're there is indeed you're getting you're you're getting to that okay
0: as a follow-up what's a show or film that pissed you off by blindsiding you with something you didn't like seeing thus ruining any enjoyment you may have had watching it to that point uh for this person it's an unusual answer it's 40 days and 40 nights i saw it on a whim and had no idea what was coming and the fact that it was treated as a joke because the victim was a guy and the perpetrator was a woman made it that much worse. Fuck that movie.
1: Josh Hartnett had no idea what was coming during the wet dream sequence either.
0: <laughs> I've forgotten everything about that movie. I assume this is a sexual assault that they're talking about, but I, I've forgotten everything
1: about that. Movie. Uh, I, yeah, well, yeah, there's a, there's, cause he, that, his, um, he, he plans to not have sex in any form, 40 days and 40 nights, and this becomes known. So there are women who are trying to get him to break that, uh, break that, uh, 40 days and 40 nights thing. And they figure it's been so long they he'll, he'll go, he'll go for any kind of sexual advances and stuff. So I believe there is a scene where a woman like tries to get him, uh, to, to break it forcibly, Wow. You know what's crazy? I mistook
0: this movie. I thought they were talking about 40 days of night.
1: Oh, (laughs) oh,
3: wow. 30 days of night.
2: 30 days of night. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Six days and seven nights. Yeah, six days and seven nights. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, what do you guys think?
1: Okay so uh the first part of the question is what will I not watch and Human Centipede is up there as far mm. as something I probably won't watch however given the right circumstances I could still conceivably end up watching that movie but I am That's never going I am never ever going to just be like you know what I want to see what that movie's all about because I'm not, not going to. I think I think I saw I, I saw the South Park episode making fun of that, and it's yeah. probably pretty close to what yep. to what goes on in that movie. And so I don't really need to see the movie itself. Um, as far as um, uh, the 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 one that blindsided me, uh, Rick and Morty actually has an episode um, where uh it's it's more morty's turn to come up with an adventure so they do this every once in a while in the series this is a first season uh episode and morty picks the picks the adventure and they go to this place um where they have to climb a beanstalk and they have like a you know there's giants up at up at the top and uh the giant notice one of the giants notices them and uh and uh he he dies. They go to a trial over it because they think that they think that these tiny people are the ones responsible for killing this giant and everything. all this, but the the trial the trial ends successfully for them though, because somebody from the ACLU comes in and then says i'm you know, I'm fighting for tiny people's rights everywhere and everything like that, And so they get off. so now they have to go down this giant staircase uh to get back to get back home. And it's taking them forever. And they, as they get down to this one step, there's a bar located in the step, uh, in one of the steps. So they go in this bar and, uh, they're, they're trying to figure out how they can get down faster and, or they're just at least taking a break while they're, while they're going down these steps. Morty walks into a bathroom and there is a character in there that, tries to rape him like straight, oh straight up tries to rape him. And I think they were trying to be either darkly comic with it, or they were just, I think I heard later that there was uh they were, they wanted to put something in that was really like, like, you know, this is the type of thing that happens. They have never gone back to this by the way, and good. And thank God they haven't because it is, it completely takes you out of the whimsy of that episode, mm. completely takes you out, and and you know this this uh, this rapist gets his comeuppance by the end of it, but still there while you're sitting there like oh man this is a fun episode this is really fun that happens and oh, wow. it's just like I, I this is they didn't need that they didn't need that at all Ugh.
3: yeah
0: you know what you know what really sucks is when you're watching like a <laughs> This is hard it, terrible to even say, but you're watching like an otherwise quote normal movie or comedy from the 80s and then all of a sudden N-word pops up. Yep. And just, you know, a, a, among white people. Right. Yeah. And it's like uh ha, huh, this uh, this used to go on mm-hmm. like on cinema. It was perfectly uh, it was
1: perfectly acceptable because you know, these these people were talking like people talk.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and then you have uh, that whole Tarantino diatribe in Pulp Fiction, where it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like you look at those in, in today's eyes, and you're like, what? What are you thinking? Why was he not penalized more for that retroactively? Eh, but it's ooh. just so off-putting now. They weren't enough. That, uh, hard to, it's hard to to watch.
1: The problem is, is there wasn't enough voices that we we could all go to and see how offensive that was because. Yeah. To to at, you know, at the time, even I'm t- I'm telling you right now, I would justify that type of thing in my head because that's mm. that's a movie and characters talk like that. And mm. sure, you know, you you, but it's too casual. It's like it's it, you know, when you look at it, when you look back at it now, it's like yeah, it's too casual. You 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 went over a line there, and and you were doing it all in the name of like, well, people talk that way, but you, it wasn't yeah. really your it wasn't your barrier to break or whatever or your right whatever it wasn't your i don't know it's it, it was to- totally justified back then um they they just nobody thought about it nobody even gave it a thought and that's why that's why getting the extra voices that we have in the past few years has been important mm-hmm. am i saying um, something that's shitty by the way am i saying something? no Okay. No. Okay, because it, I, I make it sound like we're just—I'm justifying what they said back. No, then. no,
0: no. It, you're saying society essentially justifies. Yes. Right.
2: Um. Okay. So I have seen. My wife has been watching Outlander, ah. uh, the stars show, uh, based on a very popular series of books, um, <clears throat> and uh, she basically um, ran through the four seasons that existed. And got caught up to, I guess they're halfway through season five. So now she has to wait a week between episodes. It's driving her crazy. <laughs> um, but I have walked in there and seen enough of this show to know that it's quality, but also mm-hmm. to know that I will never watch it myself. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there are a few reasons. One, the show has a lot of whipping. Like I tweeted about it, <laughs> um, but the first season. It seemed like every time I walked in there, someone was getting whipped, um, like, and like bad whipping or good whipping, like Jesus whipping, like like Oh, bad whipping, Okay, like, I didn't
0: mean to laugh. I thought you were no, saying like not S&M like sexual type of whipping.
2: whipping. It's like torture whipping. Um, it's also it's Jesus whipping. Sorry. It, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pigeonhole the show uh, in a way I shouldn't. It's it has a lot of the elements that Game of Thrones had. Um, including good performances from actors you're not super familiar with, including lots of sex, uh, including uh, an old setting. This is set back in early Scotland. Uh, they speak a lot of Gaelic on this show. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I just don't, I don't think I have another Game of Thrones in me. And even <laughs> though I know the show is very different, um and people who love outlander are going to jump on me for calling it game of thrones like i think it pushes a lot of the same buttons um and i'm not down with the whipping um but in terms of a movie that i was digging that something happened in that has caused me to never watch the movie again it's american history x when he stomps that dude's jaw on the curb. Mm -hmm. and i had i'll be honest i had never even conceived of that kind of violence like it had never even crossed my mind that someone would ever do that to another human being and and it all happened so fast uh it was it was very very shocking to me and i have you know never gone back to that movie ever since so there you
0: go yeah That's interesting i've watched that movie several times uh and every time that that scene gets harder and harder to watch and i can't even really talk about one particular aspect of it without making myself sick but there yeah. there's a sound yeah. Uh, yeah that that I even thinking about that sound it makes me cringe yeah and so I've I've watched it around that area which is not the point the point is is to to see stuff like that stark sure. images uh because his his performance is so good ed norton's um but uh yeah you're right it I I haven't gone back to that in years uh, because the thing that I remember is that sound. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, just the just getting the guy to put his mouth on the curb is enough for me. Like that, I've seen that movie. No, that's
0: the sound that I'm talking about.
1: Oh, the, the, that's the sound. Oh, Okay. I thought you were talking about the stomping sound.
0: You no, know, where his teeth, where you because they do a good job. They put, yeah, they boost the sound of his teeth on the the concrete. I I yeah. wondered. Uh.
1: I wondered after that. How he even got out of jail that fast? Because that's yeah. that's one of those yeah, that's yeah. one of those where it's like you like yeah. I, I'm assuming that guy died, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, so you know something that unusual, you I you would think that he would have been in jail for 20 years. Doesn't matter how good he was uh, when he got there. Um it may be a, like a subtle commentary on the, the preferential treatment could, be, too, you know could I mean? be, could be. Uh it feels like a movie like that would have uh made that point, but yep. um but yeah, uh I know what you mean. Uh horrible to end the show on that note. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, we probably should have done that question first. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. Uh, uh, hopefully, we won't have to do this many more weeks. But you know what? We're going to do it as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it as long as it takes. We're not going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, until there's something out there that says, hey, vaccine, or hey, cure, or something God. like that.
0: Well, I cannot wait for that. Every time... I don't want to... Check the alerts on my phone, but every time I have to because I want to see that one like piece of good news. Uh, Come by, you know. But
1: uh, we will be doing it this way for the uh, conceivable future. Uh, For now, uh, let's. uh, So that'll do it for this week. Uh, Keep going to uh, Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We also have a CinemaSins Twitter, a Music Video Sins Twitter. We're on uh, SoundCloud. We also have a Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find the link on the right side, or you can go to the Facebook page and private message me, and I will give you a link there. Uh, but that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sher. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit, and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. It is it is interesting. Uh just sitting in that studio for the last what three, four years now? Yeah. We built it in twenty sixteen. Yep. Jesus. And we've recorded every st- every syncast there. Mm hmm. That's a lot of them. Only I may
1: dance. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: <laughs> I can't remember what episode that's from. Is it the move is it the South Park movie? I think is, it's with the Conan O'Brien. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, it's The Simpsons, and it's something where uh somebody who works for that person or is an underling or something like that starts dancing, and they say, "No, no, only I may dance," or something like that.
2: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Conan. Okay, so we're both. You're right, but it's Conan O'Brien, and it's when Bart is on there for doing the like being famous for. I think it's. The,
1: oh, that's right. It's the the, the um. I didn't. Oh, do I didn't it. do it. I didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> It is Conan O'Brien. Yeah, it is Conan O'Brien. That's weird. We got our South Park and Simpsons like nice and mixed up there. I think we're as good to go as we're going to get. Okay. All right. Uh, That's really reassuring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My latest one is Superman. You know that Eminem song, Superman? Uh Uh-huh. That's the one I'm trying to learn now.
0: I'm totally stealing that.
2: Ever since I broke up a a what's-a-face of a different man. Kiss my ass. Uh oh. <laughs> Kiss my lip, bitch white ass. Kiss my dick.
0: Because <laughs> Let's pick some motherfucking movies. All right. Uh, my son is in <laughs> <laughs> Your son is in there? He's not in here. He's oh. in <laughs> <laughs> and-
3: <laughs>